All right, so we're going to get into the whole discussion about this country's electrical grid. Can Canada actually produce enough clean electricity to power a net zero grid and all the demands that we're going to be putting on it by 2050? That's the number that keeps getting thrown about, right? You know how it is. Uh, and, um, and you're all quick to point out that we don't have a grid that can support it now. And you're absolutely right. We don't. The question is, what do we have now? How far do we have to go? And is it possible? And if it is, what do we need to do? So we're going to chat now with Marin Smith, who is the Executive Director of Clean Energy Canada, a program at the Morris J. Wask Centre for Dialogue at SFU in Vancouver. Marin, thank you for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. Thanks for having me. Okay, so... Uh, as I said, I don't know if you heard, but every time we have this discussion, be it climate change, um, electric vehicles, whatever the case may be, whenever we have this discussion um, on the program here, I'm deluged by text from listeners saying, if everybody had an electric vehicle, we don't have a grid to support it. We can't even have air conditioners on in the summer. And I always say, yes, you're right. Right now we don't. We don't have the electrical grid, but maybe we will in the future and they're working on it. Let's define where we are right now. Um, and what kind of electrical grid we have, you know, taking a look, because so many other countries are on board with the same trajectory and the same plans and the same goals. Where do we stack up internationally in terms of the grid that we do have and our power producing capabilities? Yeah. Now, the good news here is Canada's already a real leader in clean electricity. Our grid is 83% zero emission, and that's largely due to our hydro and nuclear. Um, so, um, we are one of the cleanest and cheapest electric grids uh, in the G7 and in the G20. Um, but we clearly, we need to do a lot more right. because, you know, we're, we're promising to shift away from fossil fuels and electrify transportation, electrify home heating and cooling. And that is going to require, you know, some of the modeling shows about doubling the grid by 2050. So uh, that's a big undertaking. That is. Uh, big, yeah. <laughs> when we talk about doubling the grid, now there's a couple of different elements to that, I would assume, and correct me if I'm wrong. One of it is the production, and the other one is actually the transmission, right? There's two components to having a 2050 grid that works the way they want it to work. That's right. And so when it comes to production, Canada's actually well-positioned. As I said, we're already you know, ahead on this with an 83% zero emission. We also have enormous potential for things like solar and wind. In fact, I bet um, a lot of Albertans don't know this, but Alberta has the best wind and solar resource in Canada. And the solar potential of Alberta is just as good as Florida's. Really? So it, it is. Um, and last year, uh, there was... Wind energy that was being built, uh, uh, sorry, this was um, earlier, 2017 to 2019, the wind energy that was being built in Alberta set a new record for the lowest renewable electricity prices ever seen in Canada. So, you know, Alberta is actually very well positioned to build out more electricity. Uh, we also have, you know, good potential across the country, including geothermal, run of river, and I think, you know, I did hear your intro, and I think some, what some of your listeners are saying, the challenges of this um, going forward are going to be quite different than in the past. Okay. In the past, we really depended on big mega projects, 
um, to build out. And, you know, there still will be some of those. For example, there's, you know, a hundred, uh, there's a thousand people constructing uh, a really large solar plant down in southern Alberta, um, a thousand people being employed in the construction phase of it. So there will be some big projects like that, but there also now is the potential for a lot of distributed energy. And that's where people are putting solar panels on their roofs or they're creating district energy heating systems. So the technology has evolved in two ways. One, there's a lot more different kinds of electricity generation using solar, using wind, using uh, things like geothermal that there wasn't a decade ago. And secondly, the costs have plummeted. So the cost of solar dropped another 90% in the last decade. You know, putting solar as, as one of the cheapest electricities around, that didn't used to be the case. Um, the other element, of course, is the transmission. And I'm getting a lot of text just as you and I are talking. How are we going to do this? What about power lines all over the country? And, you know, one listener saying, we're into a copper shortage already. How are we going to accomplish this? I mean, how big of a barrier is getting the proper transmission infrastructure in place? Yeah, it's it's a good point. So there's a couple of uh, advantages. So clearly there will need to be a, a big grid infrastructure build out. Uh, the good side of that is that uh, it will be creating jobs and creating jobs across the country, you know, and in rural areas as well. Um, again, what I was mentioning about some new forms of distributed energy. So we are able to produce energy a lot closer to where it needs to be consumed. Uh, in many places across the country, you can be having wind farms or solar farms, you know, in areas outside of communities, and therefore we aren't going to be having those massive transmission lines. Um, and the other opportunity, you know, people have talked about, oh, do we need a, a coast-to-coast grid? Well, we really don't need that. What we need is to connect the provinces that have those giant uh, batteries because of their hydro re- dams, their hydro resource, connect those provinces to the provinces next door. For example, BC and Alberta, you know, those, there are interties between the two, but make them stronger and create a, a grid system that's much more integrated with the, you know, intermittent solar and wind potential in Alberta backed up by some of the battery power from that hydro energy. Although I will say, uh, you know, and you would also see uh, Saskatchewan linking to Manitoba, for example, or Manitoba to Ontario, Quebec linking as well. So we have those advantages in Canada of having those provinces with uh, large hydro. But in addition, there's some exciting things in battery storage, which isn't something that we were really thinking about before. There was all this challenge around intermittent uh, renewable energy like solar and wind. The cost of batteries has come down significantly. And again, it's not just batteries, but other kinds of storage that are coming into place. Uh, so we're seeing places like southern Australia that have been using solar and battery storage for the last five years. They haven't had one hour of outage. Um, so they're getting 62% of their electricity from wind and solar combined with their battery storage. Hmm. Uh, so that's exciting. Yeah, you mentioned partnering with Alberta, partnering with Saskatchewan or, you know, in BC and things like that. What about, I mean, it seems to be at this point, Canada's doing this, the U.S. is doing this, Germany's announced this. Is there going to be more of a, an international collaboration on some of these issues or is it going to be each country standing alone? Can we learn from other countries and work with them? 
Yeah, that's a great point. And I think we already are. So, the, for example, that story I just told you about Australia and how have they combined the wind and solar and battery storage at a grid scale to, to succeed. So I think countries like Canada are looking to other places in the world as well. Those technologies are getting developed. Uh, again, new forms of battery storage or energy storage getting developed. Uh, there's some big ones being tried out in the United States that I think we'll get the results from next year. Uh, so there's definitely, through the International Energy Agency or the International Renewable Energy uh, Agency, there's a lot of um, collaboration and sharing of technologies and information. The interesting thing is Canada does have a you know good experience in this area, so it's not just jobs developing electricity, but the potential for businesses that are developing technologies. And we do have a good tech sector uh, in Alberta, in BC, uh, Quebec, Ontario, um, that are part of developing uh, improved technologies. I just met yesterday with somebody who is using silicon uh, from Quebec, developing it into solar panels. These will be the first North American-made solar panels. Right now, those are being imported from China. So that's a big step forward to you know, ensure the supply chain issues, create the jobs here in Canada, uh, Canada and the U.S. in North America. Um, and one of the products that they're hoping to have online in the next few years is a film that you would put, for example, on the roof of your car as a solar panel that would be able to provide 50 kilometers of range for your car, just uh, powering all the time while your car is sitting out there. So that's that's the kind of exciting new technologies and and opportunities that we're seeing that are why the the questions of the grid of the past, um, you know, there's opportunities here going into the future with technologies and with prices coming down that we haven't seen in, in the past. And it, and it's and I think you know a lot of people look at where we are today, Mayor, and and say, oh, it doesn't work, and we're only producing you know a fraction of a percent of wind and solar in in Alberta right now. And and, and the the message I always try to say is, yes, you're right. Today we are. Today it's not a, it's not a feasible alternative. Talk to me in thirty years. We might be in a different position because this technology advances and gets cheaper. Uh, you know, almost minute by minute. If, if you know history is any uh, proof. Yeah, it's right. And that translates into better affordability for families and for businesses. Uh, You know, I gave you that example in Australia. So household energy bills there have gone down by $300 uh, per family over the last three years. That's good news. Uh, And so I think we're going to see some, um, you know, once we get into electrifying our economy, there's a, you know, a cost to get into the new system. Uh, Ultimately, it's going to be advantageous both to families and to businesses. Yeah, down the road, down the road. Marin, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. Great. Thanks for having me. You bet. Have a great day. You too. That's Marin Smith, who is the Executive Director of Clean Energy Canada, a program at the Morris J. Wask Centre for Dialogue at Simon Fraser University in Vancouver.